Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the wake-up call coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers here, the wake-up call coach and creator of the Mama Truth Circle. And we're going to get into it today about mindfulness. Like what what is mindfulness? I feel like all of us want to be mindful mamas, right? I mean, we want to so bad, but how the heck do we do it? So I brought on an incredible guest. She has a podcast called Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Can you see why her and I like immediately became best friends when we met? I was like, what? I'm like, oh my God, that's what my whole thing is about. It's about the messiness and the magic and the mindfulness. So I had to bring her on the show you are in for a treat. I want to tell you a little bit about Michelle, and then I want to have her tell you her story. So she was formerly the head of learning and leadership at Twitter. Interesting, right? And she spent most of her career working in technology startups. She is a writer. She is a coach, and she's an advisor to the Mindful Schools, Wisdom 2.0, Tilt 365, and on the board of the Holistic Life Foundation, as well as the co-founder of the Family Awareness Project. And she is absolutely rock star. In fact, at Wisdom 2.0 this year, her and I together are going to lead a little breakout type session. I don't even, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like the tribe session or something. We're going to facilitate a whole bunch of stuff about mindful parenting there. So if you're going to Wisdom 2.0, check us out. We're going to be there. We're going to rock it. So with that, Michelle, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so you have two boys, and I'm, I'm so curious about your mindfulness journey in particular, and what really got you started on that path of mindfulness? Well, it started when I was in college, actually. Mm. It started when I was about 20, 21 years old, and I was just having a hard time like just in general in life. Mm, mm. And somehow I ended up going to a unity church mm. in Tallahassee, Florida, where I went to college. I went to Florida State. And I ended up in a unity church and they do guided meditations there. Yeah. So I participated. And I remember each week I would go, you know, you'd be holding hands with the person next to you and they'd do like a 30-minute guided meditation. And I would just bored. <laughs> Four tears each time, and I had no idea what was there, like yeah. why, what the silence was bringing. But that was my first clue that in yeah. that silence was work for me. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, at the time, I'll age myself. I bought some cassette tapes in the library. <laughs> <laughs> One of my cars still has a cassette player, so don't worry. <laughs> And I would listen to them at night. And that was kind of my experience over the years. You know, I'd kind yeah. of listened to guided meditations on and off. And so it was a curiosity and an interest. Mm. And I didn't start practicing regularly until I decided to shift from doing, back when I was in tech, early on when I moved to San Francisco, I did recruiting work in tech startups. And I decided to move into coaching work to work with executives and startups. And I joined a coaching program, New Ventures West, and mindfulness and body awareness and was all part of the program. And that was really what plopped me on the path. 
But the first time I sat with them, I remember them saying, oh, we're going to do meditation. And I thought, oh, fine, I can do meditation. I've done meditation. <laughs> I and got so, this. I got this. Yeah. I got this, right? We sat down and they, we all turned around. We were in a circle. We were facing out uh, towards windows. And I remember thinking, oh, this is very nice. And, you know, they were guiding. And, and then they stopped talking. And they went silent for about 25 minutes. Wow. Five or 30 minutes, we were in silence. And during that time, I thought I was going to die. (laughs) (laughs) I so know what you're talking about. I can so relate. (laughs) I thought I was going to die. I was like jumping out of my skin. I just wanted to run out of the room. And I didn't. I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. You know, I stayed in the discomfort. And, um, when it was over, I was kind of like, <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to start with less time, right? So I would tell people, you don't have to sit for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, right? Right. I started with five minutes, mm. five minutes. So somehow the guided worked for me for longer periods of time. Yeah. Um, I think the guided meditation keeps our mind occupied a little totally. bit. Totally. So that when we drop into that, that quiet it can be really hard. And it was really hard for me. So I was determined, you know, I worked up five minutes, five minutes, then 10, then 10. And eventually, you know, I got to days and a week and wow. Yeah. So I, it's been a, it was a long, a long road for me to be able to practice for any length of time. And what impact has motherhood had on your mindfulness and your practice? Well, interestingly, when I, when I was just describing to you, when I went through my coaching school, I had a six-month-old and a four-year-old, essentially. You did. Okay. Yes. So I came to my regular committed practice with children. Okay. Got it. And, you know, it was when I first, I remember being away for those weekends during my program and I would come home, you know, at first I was coming home. I was gone for the day and then I was coming home. Right. And, um, and I had a hard time coming home. I had a hard time reintegrating back into my family after doing kind of this deeper inner work all day. And however, over time, um, and over time with practice, I was able to just hold more. So I think, for, for parents specifically, yeah. capacity to hold all of it, right? So to hold like what's, what's for me, like I get I have a real major guilty mommy thing that yeah. happens for me. You know, I, something goes wrong or my kids are fighting or I raise my voice or, you know, the house is in a mess and we're all arguing and, and there's that immediate, everything's bad. I feel right. like a parent. You know, I'm no, right. this is just, everything's horrible. And so- However, I really, over time, I really didn't take that voice seriously anymore. So I would hear the voice, right? but I was able to hold the good and the bad all much more equally. And I think that's the big piece for parents is to be able to have that equanimity, to be able to meet our experience, whether it um, seems to be pleasant (laughs) or unpleasant, right? Or neutral um, in much more of the same loving way. I remember when I, the first meditation class that I ever took, which, gosh, I must have been in my really early 20s. And I remember someone asking the teacher, well, what if you don't want to be in the moment? Like, what if the moment just sucks (laughs) and you don't want to be in the moment? You know, what what do you do then? And I was like, what a great question. And And I feel like 
I remember I heard about this study forever ago about parenting and motherhood where they, you know, they asked parents, they gave them like a little pager. This was a really old study. And in the moment they would just at random times, they would page them and ask them to rate how they were feeling on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being like ecstatic bliss, amazing. One being like horrible crap. I feel like shit. Right. <laughs> and throughout the day they would do this. And they discovered that parents really throughout the day were really unhappy all the time <laughs> because it was like those moments. But then, but then yet when they asked them about the big picture of like, what brings you the most joy? It was like my kids, my kids bring me the most joy. But the day to day grueling work of rolling up our sleeves as mom and being in that mess, being in that messy world is so difficult for us. I mean, Paige, any mom in the middle of trying to get kids out of the door for school or for daycare and they can't find their shoes and then the lunch, I don't want that for my lunch or whatever, you know, like I just had that whole thing this morning and I was just like, someone paged me right now and asked how I was doing, I'd be like, two, two, <laughs> you know? So it's like, but you're saying, like when we're in that state of mindfulness and when we have our practice, we have the capacity to deal with the mess, yeah? Yes. Yes, and we also have the capacity to reflect on what was messy in a more right. equal way, right? So even if we didn't, like we failed, and we had that morning where it was like, get your shoes on, go, <laughs> you know, and it's just, a, you know, and you, you just kind of, but you also often have that awareness that that's happening, right? Sometimes I'm like totally mindful of being frantic. Right. Right. You know, it's not like a quiet mindful. It's just that awareness. Oh, this is frantic, right? right? This is a frantic moment. And sometimes moments are frantic because you have to get out of the house quickly and things move quickly. And that's just yeah. the way it is. Right. So I think it also, not only can we catch ourselves in the moment, right? There's been many times where I'm noticing I'm frantic. I'm like, ah, you know, choice. I'm actually going to meet this differently. Right. Let me start again. <sighs> Let me take that long exhale and start again. Yeah. Or not. Or not. And if it's not, then I can reflect later that, ah, that was a frantic moment and not take it so personally. I love that. I love that. And so like for you with your clients, because I know that you work one-on-one -on -one with clients and with families, and then you also do incredible work inside the corporate world and Google and all these incredible places that you're doing stuff. And I'm just wondering, like, what do you feel like the biggest themes are for when families say, Michelle, I need your help. Like, what are the main things that people are really coming to you for with regards to the messiness of parenting? Yeah, I think often it's connection. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very often connection. They may not say, I don't feel connected, mm -hmm. but that's what I'm hearing. Right? I'm hearing, I don't feel connected to myself and I don't feel as connected to my husband, my kids as I would like to be. Yeah. And, um, and there's a lot of taking personally, like we were just talking about yeah. the moments that are less than perfect, right? Yeah. A perfect moment, but there, we take it much more personally. And so I think the work, um, that I see for many parents is you know, there's the practicality, right, of setting yeah. our lives up in a certain way. My friend, Christine Carter, I'm not sure if you ever interviewed Christine Carter. She would be a great person for you. Though. Oh, I'd love to have her. Um, she has a book that she um, recently published in the last year called The Sweet Spot. Mm. And I'm actually doing her online class right now called The Science of Flow, which mm. is awesome. 
Mm. What she's teaching you, and, and I'm learning a lot from this in addition to what I've already, what I already do, is how to set up your day in a way for the most success. Yeah. Right? And so a lot of it, also the work with parents and families, is setting up the day in a way that it has the highest probability of success. Right? So yeah. I know my oldest son moves very slowly. Um, it's just his way right? Like he's a straight A student, but holy cow, does he work for those A's, right? Wow. Like comes slowly to him, including getting ready, getting his shoes on, just right. out the door. And he's not, you know, he's 13 years old. So I know if I don't set it up in a way that there is enough space, right? Just like with little ones, right? It's no different when you've got your little ones and yeah. you take the other shoes on and you know, you have girls, right? So yeah. what dress they want to wear. And oh, yeah. It doesn't look right. And oh, believe me, the fashion for my nine-year-old is a whole topic. Yes, all of this. Um, you know, it's my job as a parent and my, you know, I have, to, I have a partner, my husband, who, and not everyone does. It's even harder for those mamas that are doing it on their own. Yeah. But also even more important, right, to set yourself up in a way that, that it can work right? That yeah. there's enough space. So, you know, my son stayed up with me late last night. We're both college football fans and I had a meeting last night, so I didn't get home until, you know, eight or eight 30. And we watched, um, we watched the national championship game uh -huh. 1130, like last night. Wow. Way past his bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew like I prepared myself when I went to sleep. I said, you know, tomorrow morning's going to be a rush. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to get him out of bed until 7.30 or 7.40. And he's got yeah. to school at 8.15. Yeah. And so I got things ready, right, last night. Like I, even though he's much old enough, he's well old enough to get his clothes together, I pulled his clothes out and I laid them out. Yeah. Right? We had a special night together and I was one of the reasons he stayed up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm his advocate. I laid his stuff out, his shoes. I kind of got breakfast ready, like prepped, like, so I could make it really quickly. You know, I just prepped the house in a way that it would be easy. Yeah. And we got him out the door, like with not a lot of stress. Right? I love what you're saying. Mama's listening. I mean, really look at that. And, and coming from what I love about what you're saying is really looking at the truth of your child and the truth of yourself, like this space of radical acceptance, which we talk about a lot on the show and in the Mama Truth Circle, it's like that space of like, let's not try to change everything. Let's actually accept the truth of what is. Yeah. My kid's pace is really slow. My kid is like a you know whirling dervish that's like is like a little Tasmanian devil that like is <laughs> is a wreck and never can find their shoes, like whatever it is. And how can you actually set your life, your morning, your day up for success, knowing the radical truth of who you are and who they are? Yes. Instead of like, I feel like so often as moms, we're pushing against it. We're trying to change the truth of who these little beings are. Yeah. And when we go into that space of being the spiritual leader of our family and we say, oh, to nurture the spirit of this child, I'm going to lay out their clothes for them. Or like with my daughter, Annabella, who is such an artist, my nine-year-old, she's so creative and she has deep expression in the way that she dresses. Even her teacher commented, he was like, I really noticed like Annabella really puts her outfits together, you know, and it's, she's not like a little fashionista, but it's like this very artistic expression. So in our household, she actually chooses her outfit the night before. 
so that she can really take her time looking in her closet, figuring it out. She now is going through a cat ears phase where she has, you know, all of these different headbands in like 17 different colors. I love her. Her cat ears and she wears it every day to school, depending on her outfit, she mashes it, she, you know, and this is like her thing that she's into right now, right? And so it's like trying to have her do that in the morning was not working for us. It was like she, cause she really needed to feel into what artistically would feel right for her, like what her expression would be. So it's worked so much better. So it's like these little tiny tweaks that we can do as moms that allow us to have that capacity and really set ourselves up for success. I love that, Michelle. Yes. Yes. And I also think we can be, we can get into these very rigid places. Yes. Right, where, you know, they have to learn to dress themselves and they have to learn to do things on time and they right. have to learn, right? And there is that, right? We have to, we have to um, create that space where they can make mistakes and they can grow. And I think we also have to be really aware of when we need, need to be their advocate. Right. We yes. need to be their advocate. And it wasn't going to behoove me to not support Tyler. Was right. Like, right. Right. Um, like why? However, a few days ago he called and said, I left my computer at home. I don't remember what he left at home. Yeah. No, he called, he went to swimming and can you, I forgot my swimming trunks. Right. <laughs> and it's like three blocks away, you know, at the local high school. Yeah. But Ty, you know, I'm in the middle of some things I, you know, you need to come home and get that. And it was hard for me because I wanted to bring them to him, right? Totally. I totally wanted to save him. And I know that I need to not, right? I yeah. Not Sometimes I do. It depends. Like I'll regulate myself how important I know it is to him. Yeah. If I don't bring this to him to school, is he just going to be stressed all day and not be able to get, right. to get done? So, you know, but in general, you know, I think we want to be their advocate. Yeah. No, so they feel that. Like I'm on your side, you know, and he's like, homework's so hard, there's too much homework. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that is what I believe. I believe it's crazy. There's way too much homework. I know, right? So like, can I get you some tea? Can I you know, I'll often type for him while he speaks. Yeah. Because right? something that would take him an hour and a half is done in 15, 20 minutes. Wow. So, you know, I don't know. I think we have to be be really like you were saying, really know who our kids are right? and know when to toe the line and create the boundary and, yep. container, and when to just step in and be like, I got your back, man. Like, right. I'm on your side. Yeah. I mean, I think that for all of us, we want our kids to grow up with that sense of feeling like their family, whatever your family structure looks like, whether you're a single mom or you're a gay couple or you're a hetero couple or you have a boyfriend or whatever, or you're dual, you know, whatever, like whatever that family structure is, like we want that sense of we're a team. Yeah. We have each other's backs. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, one of the things I always talk about here on the show and in the Mama Truth Circle is it starts from us having our own back and it stems from our own sacred self-care and really knowing what nourishes us. And so I'm curious, Michelle, you know, there's, I know that there's moms listening right now who don't have a daily practice, for example, which is one of the things I really teach. And I have all these great meditations inside the mama truth circle, because I know for me, like I'm, this year, what I'm focusing on in 2017, one of the things is doubling down on my daily practice and actually looking at how can I increase that so that I have an even deeper connection to my soul, to my spirit, to the divine. What are some of the things that you would say to some of those moms that don't really have that? And 
feel like they don't have the time, right? Because I think that's one of the biggest things is we don't feel like we have any spare time to do those daily practices. What would you say to that mom? Well, I think, um, you know, there's a great saying, um, you know, the hardest part about meditation and mindfulness is remembering to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the root word <clears throat> of mindfulness is to remember, right? That, mm-hmm. that is what it means. It's to remember. And so it is hard to remember to do it. And I think for moms and dads, um, parents in general, it is, um, you can't go by the same rules, right? That everyone else goes by. You'll often read a book or about mindfulness or listen to someone speak about it. And they'll often say, you know, do it at the same time every day, right. you know, in this, in the same space. And I'm like, throw that out the window. <laughs> Just throw it out the window. You know, I, it, I, I take it where I can get it. And now the very, the, for me, I know the way it's definitely going to happen is for me to get up before my kids, right. To get up and really? 30 minutes, my 40 minutes sit on my cushion. And, and you know, it's a better day when I do that is the truth. Yeah. Right? When I get up in the morning and it doesn't always happen. I was up late last night and I knew I was going to talk to you today and yeah. I wasn't going to, you know, kill myself this morning. Right. So it'll have to happen later today. Yeah. When, I was, when my kids were really young, you know, when I was first practicing regularly, um, I was working, I had a teacher that I was studying with and I was telling her like, I'm just having such a hard time squeezing in my yeah. meditation. And she said, well, tell me about, you know, your kid's bedtime and you're going to hear it right away as I start to talk. I'm like, well, you know, they always want me to lay in bed with them and to be with them in their room until they fall asleep. And right. She said, well, why don't you just put your cushion in their room and make an agreement with them? I was like, wow, that like blew my mind. Oh my gosh. I've like, never heard this, Michelle. Blown my mind, right? I'm like, okay. So I actually left my meditation cushion in there, my little, my, my little setup, and I made an agreement with them. And I said, I will snuggle with you for a few minutes. You know, we'll do our ritual at night and do our gratitudes. And when I'm done, I'm going to go sit here and I'm going to sit here until you fall asleep. And, and it was beautiful, right? It was just a really beautiful way. I did that for years. Oh um, my gosh. This yeah. is like revolutionary to me. Right? I, I, like that, that, that would have room. never occurred to me. Me neither. I mean, it never occurred to me. It would have never occurred to me. And I was like, God, what a great idea. And it just worked beautifully. <laughs> it worked beautifully. And so I really got my practice. And sometimes I was there for an hour, right? Wow. If they didn't fall asleep right away, I would just sit there. Wow. And practice. And so they were learning, uh, they were learning that this mattered to me, but they also knew you, you matter to me. I, I, I know you want me in here. And, you know, I think we can get overly attached to this idea. It's a very American thing, right? That kids have to sleep in their own room and they have to be in there alone <laughs> in the right. dark. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and right. We get to that usually. That is the way we do things here. And I think it's okay to, figure out ways to get everybody what they need. I love that. I just love finding the creativity of saying, okay, what's, again, it's like that radical acceptance. What's the truth of my life right now? And how can I have creative solutions around this so that I can get what I need? And I feel like for moms that are just starting out and as I was going into this new year, I was really thinking about that too of like, okay, what, the question that I always look at, like, what would make it worth it? Like, if I were to really make that commitment to sitting for five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day or 
20 minutes a day or whatever it is for you, whatever it is for you, mama, that's listening, like something that would really deepen what's going on for you, whether it's literally three minutes, three breaths, starting there, right? Whatever it is, what's the difference that it would need to make in your life for it to be worth doing that commitment? And that's what I always look at, whether it's for me right now, I've been training for a 10 K and really increasing my running or time with my daughters or whatever it is. It's like, what would really make it worth it for me? Mm. And so I'm curious for you, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit, Michelle, about like the increased capacity. Tell us more about what the impact has been on your life of becoming more mindful and of stepping into having that regular meditation practice. Yeah. Well, I am a recovering yeller. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I oh. definitely, um, I grew up in a house where there was yelling and I, I had the tendency to raise my voice when I got mm. that mm. and talk about the mommy guilt, right? That would, I mean, what's worse than, yeah. you know, pop, you know, snapping at little people and seeing the terror <laughs> in their faces <laughs> because you're just losing your noodle. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was probably one of the, like early on, one of the biggest things for me, I was like, yeah. Oh, um, I can moderate that. Right. Wow. And it's not that I never did it and it will still periodically happen. Sure. Right? It doesn't happen quite as much as a yell. It's just much more of a really strong, stronger edge than yeah. in the moment. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and even I can give you an example, um, something that happened just the other day with one of my kids. They were playing with the, those um, virtual reality things. Yeah. And I'd said a couple of times, sit down and do it. Like, don't do it when you're near a wall or, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they did it, you know, and they're standing by the wall and they're like, <laughs> running into walls with their virtual reality things. I mean, what world are we living in? Like, I don't know. What is happening? It's crazy. And the said child had had a concussion last year. Oh, gosh. Right? So in that moment, what was happening for me is that I was afraid he'd hit his head and was getting a concussion before right. all the sports are about to start again. Right. And so mixed up in that moment was fear, worry for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, aggravation, right? Because yeah. I'd said, don't do that. Yeah. And they did that. Yeah. Right? And so I didn't meet him with compassion in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and my husband happened to be there and looked at me like, no, like, that's, <laughs> like what are you doing? <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't not be annoyed in that moment. Right. It took me a couple of minutes. Yeah. And I knew it was all true. And I knew my reaction to what had just happened was not appropriate. Mm. But there was awareness around all of it. Yeah. There was awareness around all of it. I couldn't catch, I still, even after all this practice, I couldn't quite catch myself, but I was able to recover and I was able to go up and say, are you okay? Like, yeah. I didn't, that wasn't the way I wanted to respond. Yeah. I explained to him, I was afraid. Right. I, I told him, I, I, I tell parents all the time, make the implicit explicit with your kids. When you go through a little process, right. From having being, having practiced, right. And then having something like this happen and having some awareness around it. Right. Yeah. Years ago, I would have just been pissed off. Right. And that would have been it. 
right? Mm -hmm. And there would have been a schism between him and I. Mm -hmm. But now I was able to kind of catch myself and recover, right? Dan Siegel does a lot of great talks around, you know, the importance of recovery, right? Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean because we're mindful and we meditate that we don't blow it. Right, right? totally. We blow it. So I think when you ask the question, back to the question, what, what impact has it made for me? It's really improved my blowing it. Yeah. When I blow it, I have some awareness that I blew it. I can also recover a lot faster mm -hmm. than when I wasn't practicing. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we're starting to wrap up here and I want to ask you my final question, which is something I ask all my guests. Um, and that is what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Uh, you know, um, what is messy, um, about motherhood is that I have two very different children as many mm -hmm. of us do, right? I have two mm -hmm. boys. They could not be any more opposite. Yeah. And, and they have a difficult relation. I mean, I, they've got some interesting karma together. These two, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. just butt heads. It's, it's a very challenging relationship. Yeah. So it's messy. It's very messy. And it's also magical, right? So I'm going to use the same, the same, they, it's the same. Yeah. That's the same coin. Right? Yeah. It's also magical because there are those moments of ah, they're getting each other. Yeah. Right. They're getting each other a little bit. They learn something about each other. And that's been, you know, it's a really difficult process and yeah. a really beautiful process. And you know, what also comes to mind is my oldest son is going through adolescence. Yeah. Puberty. And you know, it's tricky, right? It's a tricky <sighs> process to go through and it's just magical watching it. I've been driving him crazy uh, for the last year. You know, he's grown like five inches, six inches in a year and his body's changed, his voice has gone down. Yeah. I'm just in awe yeah. of the change. It's kind of like when they're so little and they grow, you know, like zero to one, you're like, yeah. how could this be happening I know. right in front of me? I know. <laughs> I know. It's that all over again. I feel like I'm getting to experience that all over again. Wow. Yeah. It's just so, and such a, such a beautiful time. Awesome. And messy. And messy. Yeah. And I messy. love it. And oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Michelle. I, what a juicy, rich conversation. I so appreciate it. And I really want to encourage all of you to check out Michelle's new podcast. It is fantastic. I'm going to be a guest on it. I'm so excited. I'm so looking forward to it. It's called Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. So check that out. Search it up on iTunes. And Michelle's website is michellegale.com. Gale is spelled G-A-L-E, michellegale.com. You definitely want to subscribe to her email list, subscribe to her podcast, all of that stuff. She has, you have such an exciting year in your business coming up and so many incredible things that you're going to be gifting the world. So I could not recommend you highly enough to all of my listeners out there. Please check this out. And if you're going to come over to Wisdom 2.0, make sure to sign on up to come and hang out with me and Michelle during our session there about mindful parenting. And with that, mamas, I'm sending you off to have a beautiful day. Happy Mama Truth Monday and keep embracing the messiness and magic of motherhood. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms, Seven Steps to Nurturing Yourself So You Can Be the Mom You Were Born to Be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.